Welcome to the Druids Grove, where we discuss all things related to Druids, their history, current day practices, and how to build a deeper connection and relationship with the earth. I'm so glad you're here. If you find what I have to share helpful, please subscribe and share with others that may enjoy it, and check the show notes for more information. Come on in, relax for a bit, and I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome back to the Druids Grove. Today we are going to be talking about an interesting subject. Um, It's called the Otherworld. That's what we're going to be discussing. Um, The term Otherworld may bring about mixed feelings, uh, mixed thoughts, um, may make some people feel a little uncomfortable, kind of unsure what that is or how to approach it or what does it mean or does it even exist. You know, maybe maybe when you think about the term Otherworld, you have a, a feeling of uncertainty or fear. Uh, but however you feel about the idea of the other world is important in druidry, and it's important in many other pagan practices. Uh, the concept of the other world is important in shamanism, especially. Um, you know, and within the many branches and, and cultural types of druidry, there are also many ideas of the other world. So here, what we're going to focus on is kind of the broad concepts of the other world and its application and purpose in druidry. And before we get into it, kind of the first um, concept or, or tenet to accept in the concept of the other world is the idea that there are many beliefs in many different traditions about what the other world is. So even within individual cultures, there are varying ideas about what it is and how to interact with it. And it's okay for each individual to decide what their idea of the other world is and how they want to approach it and how they want to interact with it. So, in Druidry, we, we love nature, of course, and we work with the five senses uh, to kind of work towards developing a relationship with nature. Um, so, Druidry tends to be a very earth-centric, earth-based, physical, and spiritual practice. But we also, in Druidry, acknowledge that there are, are other worlds. There are worlds and planes of existence outside the ones that we see, and this may seem like a far-fetched idea, um, you know, it may seem kind of out there and and difficult to accept, but, you know, we can even look at mainstream Christianity in the United States or in other parts of the world, and this belief exists there as well. They just use a different term. They call it heaven or hell or purgatory, you know. These are, these are uh, other world, the term other world simply means not of this world that we currently exist in. So anything other than that. And so within the concept of otherworld, there are also uh, a variety of meanings behind the word otherworld. For instance, this could be where our ancestors are, where other spirits are, where gods and goddesses travel to at times. Uh, It could be where we exist before and after we exist in this plane. So before we were born, where were we? After we die, where do we go? Um, The otherworld can be a terrifying place. Or it can be a source of connection, communication, and inspiration. And, and many Druids believe that the other world may be a place that we go after death and uh, to return to Earth in a different form or different energy, uh, we must die in the other world. So we, before we are born, we are in this other world and we must die there to be, become the current form that we are in this human form. And after we die, we return to the other world in a different type of energy or different spirit. 
So there are different ways to contact the other world, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very broad here. There are many different spiritual practices and ways to, to approach this. Um, so it doesn't have to be, you know, only after we die or before we are born that we are able to be in this space to contact it or to exist in it. Uh, for instance, I mentioned shaman earlier, shamanic journeying or shamanic journeying, meditation, prayer, um, drug-induced visions. These are all examples of intentional times when we can be in touch with this place or the beings within the other world. And there are other times when we may have no intention of contacting the other world, but it happens kind of inadvertently, such as, um, you know, encountering spirits or or having glimpses of insight into problems or other f- forms of communication that seem to come from nowhere. You know, um, you know, getting these kind of a gut feeling that that can be a connection to the other world and in the other world communicating with you to direct your path in this world. But most of the time when we do encounter the other world intentionally, uh, we with respect and we are kind of being cautious about our intentions when we approach it. So, you know, briefly talking about what the other world is, why would we want to encounter it in the first place? What benefits can we get from the other world? And like many things in our spiritual practice, this depends on our intention. So whatever our intention is when approaching the other world, we must have a goal or a plan, and we must approach this interaction kind of respectfully. Um, It can be a very abstract or uh, seemingly like troublesome experience until you get accustomed to this practice. Um, It can seem like a very abstract, um, you know, non-concrete concept within Druidry, and, and it's difficult to comprehend because in our human form and in our human nature, we tend to uh, approach things from the five senses, and if it's not of the five senses, you know, many people will dismiss it and say that it is not real. So, um, I'm, I'm, you know, just kind of have an open mind if you can, and, and just, if you're interested in this topic, you know, there's a lot of other resources out there to explore. Um, but Again, it's an abstract concept, and maybe we want to communicate or show respect to ancestors, or maybe we want to ask ancestors and spiritual guides for advice or guidance. Uh, Maybe we want to enter into this place to meditate on the idea of reincarnation or rebirth. Um, Maybe we want to contemplate our, our mortality to kind of get a deeper appreciation of the lives we have today and to kind of cultivate gratitude for what we have today. Maybe our intention is to seek understanding and give meaning to our current existence and, and to kind of help us live with purpose. Or maybe we just are simply curious about what lies outside the realm of our five senses and we want to explore this space or this mode of being and see what may happen after our bodies die in this place and, and what happens to the energy that is our spirit or our soul after we die. So again, there's a variety of reasons uh, one might want to interact with the other world, um, but, but you know, this depends on, on our intention and our purpose. So in Druidry and, and many other pagan practices, the most common reason to uh, communicate with the other world is to reach out to ancestors. Um, these could be our familial ancestors, like deceased relatives, 
Um, this could include those that we've met or those that we haven't met. Um, you know, we, you know, a, a parent or a grandparent that is recently deceased or, you know, great, 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 great grandparents that were, um, you know, maybe you had a druid in your family tree since a lot of people in North America migrated, their ancestors migrated from Western and Northwestern Europe. You know, maybe you had a druid in your family over 2,000 years ago. Um, you know, maybe you can get in touch with them or their spirit by seeking them in the other world. Maybe you want to try to understand your family's lineage or to ask questions about why you are the way you are and to kind of seek understanding about the path your lineage took and the lands and the paths that they traveled to get where you are today. We can seek guidance in making decisions today. Um, some people will do that to kind of honor their family lineage and to thank them for continuing their bloodline, uh, allowing you to come into this plane of existence and in, inside that family. Um, you know, you, you could have very easily, or I could have very easily become a rock or a tree or a fly or a horse or whatever um, had we not been presented on earth in the form that we are today. Um, you know, we may or may not be grateful for our current form of existence in the universe, but we can, we can develop gratitude for that, and we can seek guidance, and we can strive to honor whatever form of existence we are in and to do the best that we can in the lives that we have today. So another type of ancestor um, that is not related by blood or not a blood ancestor may be uh, related to our spiritual practice. So these would be called spiritual ancestors. And they share similar beliefs and practices that we may have today, and we can communicate with them, seeking confirmation that we are on the right path or that we are living the best ideals to the world uh, of what it means to be a druid. And there are thousands or, you know, maybe even millions of people that have been druids at some point in the course of history and on, on the course of Earth. And we can seek guidance from them about how to best represent druidry and how to live these ideals in all that we do today. You know, maybe in, in our journeying or meditations going to the other world, we can ask a druid what it was like 2,000 to 3,000 years ago and how they practiced. We can use this to guide our current practice today. Um, maybe they really did sacrifice people as those that conquered the druids 2,000 years ago said, or maybe they didn't. Um, however, we can seek to understand their intentions if they did, and we can make promises that we won't utilize those practices today. You know, we can make promises to be the best example of what it means to be a druid in today's world, and by understanding the past, we can plan for the future, and we can live better lives, have better principles and ethics than our past spiritual ancestors. Uh, we can also approach spiritual ancestors of other faiths, and we can seek to understand their perspective. We can see these things from their view to kind of understand why they felt the need to slaughter the druids and to conquer them, and to attempt to wipe them out from existence, um, you know, then we can forgive them from their actions. We can allow them to rest in solace and, and just to move on. Uh, another ancestor we can encounter in the other world is the ancestor of place. So we may wish to reach out to these ancestors um, when we're worried about the land that we are on or the environment we are in. For example, in North America, there are many ancestors of place from the Native Americans and even those that were here before the Native Americans. We can 
communicate with these ancestors in the other world and try to understand their feelings and to experience what life was like for them, both in the good and the bad times. We can try to understand what they went through when the Western Europeans came to these lands and committed genocide and relocated them to these desolate places with poorly farmable land while the the Europeans took the best land for themselves. And we can apologize to these ancestors of place for for our blood ancestors' actions, and we can make promises to be good stewards of the land that we are currently uh, occupying and taking care of. So, whatever reason you have to approach the other world, um, just be aware that you may encounter beings that you are seeking to encounter, you know, as we just talked about, but you may also encounter other beings or entities that you don't want to encounter. So, part of ceremony that leads into kind of communion with the other world, um, the ceremony around it in, can involve asking for protection and guidance while in the other world to allow, allow you to return to the current world uh, unharmed. And I will be talking about ceremony later on um, in a different podcast episode to kind of, to kind of talk about what ceremony is. Um, <clears throat> the point here is just to kind of be aware that you must be safe and protected from um, what would be considered psychic or spiritual harm that can occur in the other world. So um, you may see things that you don't comprehend or you can't comprehend or that you didn't know or you didn't believe or don't believe exist. So our, our concept of reality or you know varying realities can be changed considerably when we go into the other world. And this can kind of lead to an upheaval spiritually and mentally. So we want to make sure that we are safe, uh, we are aware of our actions, and that we are protected. So again, as I'm talking to you about the other world, I want to make sure that I know this seems very abstract, possibly corny, possibly (laughs) woo-woo, all of that stuff. Um... But for, for many people, this is a very deep and sacred part of their spiritual practice. Um, I have worked on it a little bit. I have done a little bit of, of journeying. I, I meditate occasionally. Um, I, I am just kind of sharing uh, a broad, generic concept of the other world and how to approach it uh, from what I found in, in various druidic practices and other pagan practices. So, you know, again, open mind. Take what you like. Um leave what you don't like, and just incorporate it how you want to. So this is just kind of for broad educational knowledge. So we've talked about, you know, varying um, entities or, or reasons we may want to approach the other world. So now we're going to kind of talk about how we can approach the other world. So there are many different ways to approach the other world, and one that many people may be familiar with kind of colloquially are fairy rings. So the world of the fae or the fairies, um, they are also in the other world. Uh, fae or fairy are considered to be able to traverse between worlds so they can exist in our world when they want to or go back into their own other world. Um, a fairy ring, what it looks like, and, and uh, it looks like what it's called. It's generally uh, a circle on the ground, a circle of mushrooms, uh, that seem to exist for no reason. And in some practice uh, practices, people will intentionally uh, create portals to the fae world or the fairy world 
and they will attempt to summon the fae, or they will find these fairy rings out in nature, and they will leave offerings, and they will uh, repeatedly try to kind of contact the fae or the fairy. Some people, um, I've not done this, but some people say that they have been able to develop a mutually beneficial relationship with the fae, um, but generally it's advised not to start this practice unless you have a lot of experience uh, and, and you're taking certain precautions. Um, so you can look up, there's all kinds of stories out there uh, about betrayal or harm that have come to people reaching out to the fae or people that are using fairy rings for spiritual practice and, and entering this gateway to the other world. So there are also many other sacred spaces and pathways to enter the other world, some of which you know we've talked about before. For instance, uh, ancient burial mounds, caves, stone circles, uh, even underwater or around a fire um, on a mountaintop or in a sacred grove. Um, these are all just a few examples of places where it's possible to have this experience. Usually the, the place to encounter the other world is, is in a liminal space. Um, a space that kind of exists at the edge of our current place and time and is a transitional space allowing entrance into another world. So you can kind of think of it as a doorway into another place or a gateway into another place. And when we step through this doorway, we are entering the other world. But we must always remember the way that we went in and the path that we took so we can return and not get lost in time and space in the other world. Um, you know, mentally, physically, and spiritually. So, you know, you hear stories about people having visions and dreams um, or, you know, astral traveling or that kind of thing, and they go to another place, and it's very difficult for them to... Um, they, they seem out of touch with reality, um, and this is because they they feel like this other world or this, this space and time that they've gone to is actual reality, and and they have a hard time adjusting back to the current reality that they physically exist in. So, you know, when we step through this doorway, we're entering another world. Um, we can see this as a liminal sacred space. We can find a space like this, or we can create our own sacred liminal space in, in our home or out in the woods or wherever you want to try this. The key is to make sure that you are undisturbed. Um, you know, you won't be bothered. You have some time alone to do this and to focus on it. And you are physically safe while your mind and your spirit are traveling elsewhere. And probably the most common way to connect to the other world is just in a meditative practice. So generally a sacred space is kind of decided upon. Um, the items for a ceremony are gathered and these are used to keep one grounded to help them spiritually return to this world. Um, ceremony is commonly used to kind of consecrate the space, uh, to set your intentions, and to create a, a safe circle or sphere of protection, and then to begin the meditation. And during the meditation, um, you can approach, approach it in many different ways. Um, you can go in with an intention. Um, for instance, one intention might be, you know, I want to try to contact my great-grandparent. Or it can be as open as just wanting to gain an understanding from a spiritual ancestor. Or as simple as wanting to enter the other world just to simply explore the space and then to safely return. So in meditation, you can ask to see specific individuals, 
Um, you can ask for vague direction or specific directions. You can ask for insights into problems uh, or for just for general guidance on your path. And kind of thinking about it, rather than approaching it from an egotistical approach, for instance, um, you know, looking at it specifically from the idea of what can I get from this experience? What do I want? You can also ask if there's anything you can do for those that you encounter in the other world. So how, you know, how can you be of benefit to the earth? How can you honor your ancestors of practice or spiritual practice or blood ancestors or spirit of place, that kind of thing? So you can go in and ask, you know, how can you help heal your land? Or how can you give back to those that are also in Druidry? Or how can you help foster the future of Druidic practice? Um, so some practitioners will use uh, like a bell or a sound to help bring them back to the current time and place. Um, you know, others may just open-endedly um, kind of exist or float in the other world indefinitely until they feel it's time to leave or return to their world. So some people will set a timer, you know, I only want to be, be uh, in the other world for, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. So they'll set a timer to go off or something like that. Um, others go in with a specific idea and, you know, I'm going to be in there until I have this experience and then I will come back. So the key, though, is if you go in with this concept of I'm going to be in there until I have a specific experience, you just want to be careful with this approach um, because it can be very enticing to kind of become lost in the other world and lost in meditation, you know, due to the kind of abstract concept and the uncertainty that comes with it. Uh, it can be very exciting and enticing to just explore. To You know, some people may look at this as, um, you know, if you call it shamanic journeying or astrally traveling or, you know, deep meditation, you know, it's easy to just, if you don't have a goal, just to get lost in that space and that time and just be there. Um, and then it can be very jarring to kind of come back to reality. Um, so again, like I said, some people will set a timer or a goal, and this will help them decide when it's time to leave and return. But when the decision to leave the other world and return to the current world is made, one will usually slowly return their kind of mindful awareness to their body over time and very slowly. Um, you know, by slowly becoming aware of your body, uh, the sounds around you, um, the sensation of, you know, if you're sitting on a meditation cushion or you're laying flat on the ground, you know, bringing awareness to, you know, your feet or your bottom or your back or you know, just physical awareness to your body um, and feeling centered in your body, this can help you transition back into this world. And what many practitioners will do, they will use a grounding stone or some other earthly object um, to physically bring them back to this space and time. So, for instance, um, I have a stone that um, my wife and I were out on a walk one day and it was part of my druidic practice and I was supposed to, you know, find a grounding stone and I was just walking and it was a couple of days after I had read about this practice and I just looked down and I saw this beautiful um, simple stone um, and it was it's kind of flat on one side and then on the other side um, there's one little 
nub kind of sticking out. I guess the, the easiest way to describe it is it's shaped like the continent of Africa. And the flat side I could rest against my hand and the little nub sticking out goes between my first and middle finger. So it's almost like it just fits perfectly into my palm. And I just, as soon as I saw it, I said, that's it. Um, so when I meditate, I use that and, and it's cold and, you know, I can hold it to my chest and, and I kind of wake up and come back to after a meditation and I feel like, okay, I'm centered, you know, in this time, in this space and on this earth right now. Um, so after that happens and we return to this space and this time, after returning to the here and now, you know, one may wish to kind of sit in silence and kind of reflect on their experience. Um, they can explore, you know, who or what they interacted with, uh, what they saw, what they heard, uh, any insights you had uh, spiritually or any guidance that you, you had, or even just feelings that you experienced that you'd like to carry forward to kind of help guide you on your path. And then when, whenever you're done and when you're ready, um, you'll get up and you'll close the circle, close the sphere of protection, and close the ceremony. And another practice that uh, many Druids do um, when they do this type of journeying or going to the other world, they, they keep a journal. Um, so you may keep a journal of the other world or a journal of meditation, um, whatever term you would like to call it. Um, but the goal is to keep track of your experiences and anything that you want to remember in the future and to carry forward with you. You know, maybe a being or entity that you encountered or a feeling you had or a vision that you had to help guide your future. And this can be useful in guiding our lives and the decisions that we make. You know, maybe there were some deep insights about why you are the way you are, or you want to change that. You want to change who you are, or you want to continue living the way that you are living. So any type of insight you have uh, can help steer the future, and people will keep a journal to help remember that. And by going into the other world and gaining kind of an outside perspective, um, you know, we can better look at ourselves within our own kind of cosmos and with our own um, journey and, you know, also look at it from the, the cosmos of the other world. So, you know, these two different worlds will allow you to have a different perspective of yourself and a different, it's like going to the other world, you're like an, on the outside looking in at your current earthly reality. So it's kind of stepping back and taking a look at things from a broader perspective or a different perspective. So, you know, we can see where we came from. We can see maybe where we're going. We have glimpses into the future. And, and not just druids, but many spiritual practices are kind of able to see forward and backward into their own lives. Um, many people in different practices can recall little snippets of their previous existence um, uh, or gain, you know, what would seem like unimportant insights uh, that represent their future. So the other world can also be a place where our deities exist. Um, you know, when we mutter a prayer of gratitude or we are asking for guidance, we are putting our words out into space. And so when we do this, we are putting our intentions through the energy with our words into the universe. And when we say prayers or we, we mutter offerings or whatever. We, we are hoping that this will allow us to communicate and reach our deities. And through entering the other world, um, again, of which there are an endless variety of existences, 
um, and we can choose which ones we want to perceive or interact with. Um, you know, we can maybe encounter our deities. And sometimes in meditation, when we are in the other world or another space, our deities will come to us and present themselves, seeking for us to connect with them. So, for example, there are many stories of people that are not intentionally uh, trying to contact a specific deity, a god, or a goddess. But when they are in a meditative practice or journeying to another place in time, they may encounter a deity that is new to them. So this can be very jarring and shocking as well if it's unexpected. Um, this can also occur with deities from other pantheons. Um, you know, one can be a druid and encounter deities from other spiritual practices. And this could be a hint for us, um, if this happens, to kind of open up our practice and to not be so limited in our perception of the universe. And, you know, whatever the encounter with uh, a deity in the other world looks like, it's important to be cautious and to show respect. Uh, many people, again, I'm just sharing information, many people have had negative experiences in these spaces when they are disrespectful or seeking to show harm or deny the existence of these other deities. Um, I've, I've just, you know, there's a lot of stories out there about people going into a meditative practice or, practice or doing shamanic journeying, um, you know, and a, a deity will present itself to them and they 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 kind of turn their head, you know, mentally, and they're like, oh, this isn't real, this is just a, a dream or whatever, and then it's just like, it's like the deity just rushes up right in front of their face, and it's just like, gets right into their soul and says, I am real, listen to me, pay attention to me, you know, honor me, worship me, or follow my guidance, so um, there's a lot of really interesting experiences that can, can be had in that practice. And, you know, whatever the reason, you know, it can also be, um, or however you approach it, it can be a very spiritual experience to encounter a deity in the other world. So the other world can also have many different representations, even within each culture or country or a village or even a town or even a, a, a small group of spiritual practitioners. So it's important that you develop your own concept of the other world and you approach it how you feel will best support you on your journey. You know, what is your goal in interacting with the other world? Do you want to make offerings or ask for guidance or simply explore to find out what it's about? Um, you know, I would encourage you to take the time to really think about your goals and your intentions and, and think about how you want to approach this journey. Uh, it is very special. It's very individualized to each person and you will get out of it what you decide to put into it. Um, you know, if you approach this practice with a lot of doubt and, you know, um, denial and not really thinking you're going to get anything out of it, then you probably won't get anything out of it. But if you approach it very openly and spiritually and, and, and with gratitude and seeking insight and inspiration, you may get something out of it. And there are times also when you are approached it very openly and honestly and willingly and you don't get anything out of it. But again, it's just about, um, about the experience and learning and growth. Um, you know, so another, another idea is to try not to let doubt or other people's misconception or negative feedback influence your ideas about what the other world is or, you know, generally your druidry, druidry practice as a whole. Um, you know, this is your journey. This is your connection with the earth and with its spirits. 
and and all the dimensions around it. So, you know, make it what you want out of it to benefit yourself, to benefit those around you, and to benefit the planet. So, again, this is a very broad introduction to the other world. It is not all-inclusive. Um, you can take it or leave it, I guess. Um, but, you know, it's some people find a lot of comfort in this practice. Some people are very nervous and scared about this practice and just don't want to touch it. So, however you are open to it and wherever you are in your journey, I hope this has been helpful. Um, and thank you again for listening. Thank you so much for joining in at the Druid's Grove. I thoroughly enjoyed sharing this time and information with you. I hope you learned something and are inspired to build a connection to the earth and the world around you. If you liked what was shared, please feel free to give back at Buy Me a Coffee. Join me on Substack, where I have transcripts, or listen on YouTube, and find the group on social media. For more information, check the show notes. I'll see you in the Grove. Until next time.